Welcome to the Pinion Combination Podcast. I'm KJ Pilcher alongside Dick Briggs, ready to talk a little college and high school wrestling uh, in eastern Iowa across the state. Let's go go to another part of the country, um, head over to uh, Philly, where uh, Iowa and Penn wrestled. Um, Iowa came away with a 22-13 victory there, ended up winning uh, seven out of the 10 matches. A um, couple bonus points there in the upper weights that allowed Penn to really kind of close the deal and have a shot. Um, but what was your take on on Iowa's win over over Penn this week? This well, I, did, I didn't hear Brands. I, I just saw maybe a headline or something. I, I know that he wasn't too excited about the the uh, maybe I just saw a soundbite or something. I don't know. But uh, in you know in I didn't get a chance to watch it, but looking at this box score here, they they can't be too happy. They had six six uh, wins by decision, and uh, you know, and, and a lot of those were one or two point decisions, pretty close. So, um, you know, I don't know if they, you know, and again, I was just kind of feeling it out. I know they had kind of some other guys in the lineup in different places, and and uh, so I don't think they're too worried about winning the meet. Now it's just a matter of kind of showing improvement and getting some of those guys that are, that are stepping in some confidence on the mat as well. So, um, you know, my feeling is that they're, they're not too happy, but they're not too, you know, too excited about it or too worried about it yet. Yeah. Uh, so, <coughs> excuse me. So here's the soundbite from, uh, or the quote, um, from Tom Brands after the, uh, uh, duel that was disseminated by, uh, um, the university of Iowa. Um, sports information. Uh, we are tight and everything is hard. Every point we score is hard. Uh, we have to find a way to make it a little bit easier, like a hot knife through butter. Yeah, um, and, and I think that's actually, you know, I, I think that's probably the perfect description of what it's looked like for this team this year. And I know they've got a lot of, you know, maybe not, you know, they're missing uh, a real defensive heavyweight. And they probably don't have a true 84-pounder in there right now. And maybe they're missing their best 74-pounder. Um, and they brought some, some guys in, but, um, you know, they're – they're finding it hard to score. And that's, I think that's the perfect example or the perfect description of what this team has been like that. Yeah. They've gotten wins, but boy, it's, it's not been easy. Nothing's been easy. You know, you haven't seen anybody really go out there and just pedal to the floor and blow somebody out of the water. You really have not seen that. It's, you know, you've seen maybe some instances and then all of a sudden they give up a takedown and stuff at the end and, and win by decision, you know, those big dominant performances have just not been there regardless of who they've wrestled. I would agree. And, and uh, kind of support your, uh, your comments at 125 Ayala, who's ranked 15th and, and, uh, 
Gallagher, Russell Gallagher was ranked 19th, at least in the poll I looked at, won eight to seven, a one point match there. And then at uh, at uh, 49, Avoinovich was a one to nothing winner over, an, he's ranked 15th, and uh, he's wrestling a non ranked wrestler and beating him one to nothing. You know, and then you got Real Woods, your number one ranked kid that's got a 5 0 win over, you know, 11th ranked kid. But, but uh, you know, I think Real Woods is the one that needs to be that, that Spencer Lee, maybe. That was the that was the springboard, the catalyst that kind of set the bar for everyone on the team, you know. And uh, and I don't know that Real has that in him with his style, uh, but he'd be the guy I would be looking for if I was Coach Brands. Yep, and you know, uh, you mentioned Drake Ayala. You know, you, you look at you think, oh well, fifteen and nineteen, that's pretty close. I don't think Drake Ayala is the number fifteen guy in the country. I think he's somebody that's a six, seven, eight guy in the country. You know, and and those high team guys shouldn't shouldn't be that close with them. And I know that I think there's some other things that might be there might be some underlying factors uh, with Drake at this point of the season. You know, um, but you know, hope that gets hope that gets ironed out because Drake is definitely somebody that has the potential to be much better than what that ranking shows. And, you know, I think we saw, uh, you know, Pat Kennedy, um, I think just his mat time kind of showed a little bit there, you know, um, kind of had some struggles there in the uh, third, third period. You could see the guy shooting to the leg that didn't have the knee pad. And there wasn't much strength or, or sturdiness to be able to fight things off um, from that other leg. So, you know, nothing has been – well, he said he had a knee scope. So I'm assuming that's the knee that he had the procedure on. And you can just see there's just not the strength there. And I think that hampered him a little bit in the third period. And then Aiden Riggins, um, you know, just out, out horse there at 184. Um, up a weight class or two, you know, and that's going to be difficult, you know. Um, we'll see what they decide with the soldier salute later this month and kind of where guys go and uh, how that lineup looks when January starts. But right now that's kind of a glaring hole that they need to decide what they're going to do and who's going to, who's going to emerge as a 84 pounder because they'll need them. Right. I, I think they're probably going to be looking at progress with Kennedy. And then they're also going to be wrestling uh, um, some of their guys in there uh, unattached. And, you know, so they're not burning a red shirt or anything. And then they'll make that decision in January when they get to a couple of tougher meets where they might have to slip in, you know, a Gabe Arnold or something like that. So, uh, you know, that, uh, so, I mean, they're kind of, you know, spinning plates, so to speak, if you remember the old, <laughs> yeah yep but uh, uh you know so they're, they're kind of just waiting to see it's too early to pull a red shirt off or anything like that you know it's unnecessary now and that would be silly so they're, they're playing it right and uh zach glazier for the second straight uh duel uh Sealed the deal for Iowa. Um, his decision at 197 gave him the six-point lead. It also gave him uh, criteria as long as he didn't have a point deduction. 
Um, you know, in the in the final match. Um, so Glazier is somebody that has bided his time. Uh, you know, wrestling behind Jacob Warner uh, for a few years, only had four, three or four matches prior to this season, and here for the second straight duel, he's sealing things up for Iowa. I think that's kind of a feel good story for for them. Uh, that Glazier has stepped in um, and has had success here early on after kind of remaining, you know, dedicated and loyal. Kind of talked to him a little bit uh, last week uh, for the, the dual preview and said, you know, with the transfer portal, it's real easy to decide, well, I'm not getting my shot here right now. Uh, I will go somewhere else because he could have been a starter anywhere, you know, a lot of other places. And he stayed there, said, you know, since I was a little kid, this is what I wanted. I wanted to do it in a Hawkeye singlet. So he, you know, kind of maintained the course. And now we've seen him make contributions and and have two big wins, less two duels. Um, so that's kind of cool to see. Is it possible that there might be an addition to the Iowa or maybe a couple of additions to the Iowa lineup in in January is that possible that might fill in either um it's it, it's possible um I don't know the exact uh status of of that um you know and coaches aren't going to discuss that I you know and I don't know what they can discuss especially if if nothing's in ink right you know I know with recruits they can't say anything about a recruit until they get the facts with his signature saying, I'm going to, you know, here's my national letter of intent. Here's my NOI and the signature. They can't say anything until they have that in hand. So I don't know what exactly they could say, but, you know, uh, there are rumors out there that there might be a former Oklahoma State guy looking to, to join the Iowa uh, line up and the same with his brother, you know, and I know there's a, uh, another brother that's committed to Iowa. I believe, uh, he's a top seed at upcoming, uh, big upcoming prep tournament here. Um, but it's very well, it's very possible that that could, that could be. And I know, uh, I, I don't know if, don't know if Glazier is somebody that could be an 84 pounder. Um, I really doubt it. I think he looks, you know, I think he looks like a 97 pounder and that's a, you know, that's a considerable drop from 97 to 84. Um, but I don't know exactly where he uh, certified at, but, you know, it, it could be interesting to see what changes, you know, I think uh, January 12th is when uh, Iowa wrestles Nebraska. And that's their first competition after the Soldier Salute on 29th and 30th. And that could be interesting, too, since you brought that up. Um, will we see one of those those guys? um whose names are being bandied about if we'll see them unattached at the soldier salute. 
I, you know, if we do that, if we do, that's a pretty strong clue right there. So uh, you want or, one or both. Um, but, uh, you know, I wouldn't surprise me at all. Yep. And, uh, you know, I don't know. There's no need to. But I think once this term's over, someone that's going to enroll or has enrolled in that second term would be eligible right away. So they could be actually be eligible in December. There's no need to. There's no duels or anything. And I, mm-hmm. so that it would make sense to go on attachment. But uh, right. So I, I think we'll we'll, we'll see. <laughs> Stay tuned. Yeah, that would definitely make things uh, interesting. And I know uh, a lot of people have uh, kind of talked about that. All right, tee it up. Here we go. Tee it up. This is an interesting one. I, I, I'm attacking the name, image, and likeness. So the NIL, has it or will it ruin or drastically change college athletics? That's my question. So a little bit of history. I'm going to be brief here. Uh, in Colorado in, in 2004 is kind of where it started. A high school player. Jeremy Bloom was recruited to play football at CU. He had competed in the Olympics and World Cup skiing events. He is a world champ in, in freestyle moguls. He had endorsements with ski equipment companies and Tommy Hilfiger. And, and he was denied the right to retain those endorsements while playing college football. So he had to drop those endorsements. Anyway, so uh, other, there's quite a few other incidences between now and, or then and now. Uh, including a $40 million settlement in 2014 with the NCAA and a $208 million settlement in 2018. In 2019, that was the big year, the California judge ruled that the NCAA could not cap compensation to, to cap, uh, athletes competing in, in, in uh, um, colleges, colleges that in California. Uh, about 30 day, uh, September 30th that year, the California governor signed a fair play to a fair pay for fair play act uh, that said those athletes could now sign endorsements. They could be paid and they could hire agents and so forth. Well, that sent the NCAA scrambling. Well, they came out a month later and announced that athletes would be able to benefit. And it was, it was kind of a, uh, you know, a, a, a glossy cover for them. And so then Illinois didn't think it was sincere. Illinois filed suit and then a bunch of other states filed suit. And that's how it kind of got going. So wow. anyway, um, and then in July of, of 91, the NIL was permanently opened. And now it's this big, you know, and now we're seeing what we're seeing. So my, to follow up with that, the pros, the, obviously the money that the athletes can make. This is a pro that they, they say could happen, I think, only with football and basketball. More athletes mm-hmm. graduate instead of chasing pro money because there's not pro money in the other sports, right? So whereas – or those athletes would chase it, you know, not go, uh, continue to in college and try and chase that that pro contract or whatever. So anyway, small businesses benefit and more customers, and then also charities benefit. So those are kind of some pros, the cons, and this is where it hits hard. Many more transfers are chasing more money. So, you know, so now it's you know pitting this college against this college to get more money. We just see that all in the transfer portal. Um, the recruiting violations, that we don't see so much, but they're going to be there if they're not already. Uh, unequal pay for sports, football and basketball, get, you know, maybe get million-dollar contracts. Uh, the, the, some of the Olympic sports, unless you know, you're know you a really cute gymnast down in Louisiana, you're not going to make a lot of money. Right. And then, and then the unequal money between Division I athletes and Division II and Division Three athletes, uh, or even the Power Five schools. Like, for instance, 
Iowa and Iowa State as, as opposed to UNI, a mid-major sort of school. Yep. There. Um, so like it or not, it, it, Russell and it's here and it is what it is. Uh, I, I, met, I, for one, miss the athlete loyalty to the program and the school and vice versa, the loyalty from the school to the athlete. Because if you're a senior that's been there for four, maybe five years, all of a sudden they're recruiting someone or they're getting someone out of the transfer portal or whatever to take your spot. And, you know, you just spent four or five years. And in Rosslyn, probably not an aid athlete. So, you know, maybe in football you are or something like that, but. And, uh, and I have, that makes me have this great appreciation for the division three athletes that are doing it for the love of the sport. They get no athletic money, no scholarships or anything like that. So anyway, there's my, my rant. <laughs> do you, do you think the transfer portal will affect how kids are developed or how coaches develop athletes? Because before you used to have to invest a lot of time, you know, if you had somebody, um, you might have to invest a lot of time to develop because, hey, in two years, you're going to have to be our guy. Now, you know, if a guy doesn't come along, you can go to the transfer portal and, you know, pull in a, pull in an All-American or, or somebody uh, that was at a, you know, like you said, a, a smaller school, a mid-major. Pull them in. You you have, uh, you know, less less work you have to put into them. They're a little more polished. Um, and then you just go ahead. Hey, well, you know, this guy's not to where we want or, you know, we don't put in the time with him because we know – Hey, we'll we'll grab somebody. He's not going to be able to do it. You know, it's not going to be worth the effort, or not worth the effort because no coach really functions that way. You know, at least any coach worth their with their salt, you know, works that way because they want to see they want to get the best out of athletes. But they get to a point where they realize, you know, we're topped out here. We need to find somebody better, and then you maybe don't see them putting in the time for that development, um, you know, and that can go for any sport, you know. So my last comp, uh, comment, I didn't finish re reading it, was, you know, it, it, the the, uh, the colleges, whether it be whatever level, I always appreciate the, the colleges, the universities that, that develop their program rather than have transfers moving in like, like we're seeing now. And uh, so very, very much so, man, I, I think it's, I think you're going to see less of it because of what, the transfer portal and the NIL and so forth. You know, and I don't know what the money is in wrestling. I have no idea if there's, you know, a, a NIL money that's, you know, I, I, I can say this. I do know that, that my son was, a you know, received a little bit of money on, a, on NIL, he, about $40, I think. <laughs> T-shirt sales. <laughs> so, well, I remember asking somebody uh, who's involved with uh, some, you know, they they kind of help athletes kind of set up possible NIL, uh, not ventures, but ways to kind of raise money, right, for themselves. Um, 
And they're like, how much are how much are guys really making? And this was wrestling, you know. He's like, they're not, you know. It's very small. Uh, you know, the the obvious exception was Spencer Lee, right? Spencer Lee was somebody that, you know, with, with his brand, he was able to to make a, a, substan- a substantial amount. The rest of the guys, it was really pennies on the dollar for, for what they were getting, you know. So uh, it's not as lucrative as, as people might think it is, even at the D1 level. So, um, yeah. And, you know, the, the other thing about the transfer portal, and this is something that's always kind of stuck in my mind, uh, Gino Ariema, the women's basketball coach at UConn, who is one of the best coaches ever in, you know, any sport. Um, and that pains me to say because I'm a huge Notre Dame fan and UConn, there are some battles between him and Muffin McGraw that's still, uh, you know, uh, are still bitter, uh, still provide bitter bitterness for me. But anyway, Oriema was asked about the transfer portal. And he mentioned how it's become such an easy out for athletes that, you know, you don't like what you're doing, don't want to work harder. And that's not the case for all transfers. It's not a, you know, it's not necessarily they don't want to work harder. But, you know, he just mentioned some of those factors going in and they hit the transfer portal. Well, when they hit the transfer portal, they're one of like 1,200 people in the portal. There aren't 1,200 spots for you to go find. You know, uh, those spots are, you know, you got recruits coming in and you can enter the transfer portal. But, you know, for a lot of them, they're not going to find the spot or they're not going to find a place that they wanted to go to or find a better situation than if they'd stayed and, you know, uh, kept working that, that original program. So that's, uh, that's something that always kind of stood out to me that, yeah, it sounds great. Uh, I think, uh, Joey, uh, Lavis, uh, the backup quarterback at Iowa is entering the transfer port. And that sounds great. Oh, he'll go somewhere else. Well, he's not guaranteed of finding another D1 location. You know, he's not, he's not assured of, of finding a, a place where the grass is actually greener, you know? And, and that's something that uh, I don't think a lot of people take into consideration. But I don't know if, if I, I think if you enter the transfer portal, that doesn't mean you're a, a, actually leaving the school you're at. So he could still remain a, a Hawkeye. I don't know if that frees up his scholarship. If he happened to be on one or whatever, I guess he was, but, but, uh, so that now he may lose a scholarship, possibly. I don't know. So, um, you know, so you know, in his instance, you know, that kind of makes sense. He didn't get, really wasn't given much of a chance to be on the field. So that's kind of writing on the wall right there. Maybe mm-hmm. he was. Maybe he found that he was at a school that he wasn't. You know, his talent wasn't quite to that level, and now he wants to maybe find another, you know, school that would be a better fit or something. I don't know. Yeah, and I, I, I and I don't know. 
uh, my ignorance expands to, you know, I don't know what players have for advisors. You know what I mean? That, hey, uh, you know, Eastern Illinois is really looking for somebody and they were wondering if you were, you know, thinking about leaving. You know what I mean? I don't know if there are people that are, that provide guidance to where, you know, that helps them make the decision to enter the portal. Um, you know, I know there can't be direct contact from coaches, right? Um, you know, it's not the wild west to where they can kind of get a feel for somebody and, and then they enter the transfer portal. They have to wait till guys have entered the portal and then they can contact them. But, you know, there's probably somebody in their ear saying, Hey, uh, you know, Wisconsin Green Bay is, is somebody that really wants you to be their starting point guard. You know, you're not getting any playing time, you know, here. You might want to, you might want to see about, uh, you know, doing that. Well, you know, you bring up a couple of good points and, and I, I agree with that, you know, that I, you know, that's that. Is there are our coaches or are they using other people to speak for them? And that's where that you know that illegal recruiting comes into that I was talking about. That those cons that that could be out there probably is. Um, I would hope not. You know, ethics should should mean a lot in the coaching world, but sometimes it doesn't. Uh, you know, and then you're you know it's like you know, are there companies or people out there that provide that service? Hey, I'm a I'm a, 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 a sophomore point guard and I'm looking to move, you know, do you, what do you got open for me? It's kind of like looking for a new athletic director at the University of Iowa. They have to open up and they, they hire this, this uh, company to, you know, to do all of that for them. So are there, you know, are that, is that, you know, the companies out there for these athletes as well, you know, so I don't know. All right. Well, thanks again for uh, uh, tuning in with uh, our wrestling talk for this week. Uh, Check us out again next week as we go over uh, what happens this coming weekend and look ahead to that final weekend before the break. Uh, for Dick Briggs, for Nathan Ford, I'm KJ Pilcher. Uh, thanks for watching. Coach Briggs, why don't you take us out? Let's keep wrestling on the move. Get a daily update from the Gazette with our daily news podcast. Add it to your podcast player or your Alexa-friendly device to get a bite-sized local news update each day. Check it out at thegazette.com slash podcasts.